You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. Let's join in for this week's message. Let's get to work this morning. I'm excited about this message. I, I, it's always an honor to get to get to be here and to grow into this place. And, um, and just, uh, this is home to me. I, I love preaching and teaching and I love what it brings out of me as I go through the week and uh you know we're we're all in all different walks of life we're all doing something but we all make time to be here and to sit in and hear God's word and uh, I just honor you for that this morning but as Christians we're all facing pressures of life if you have a family or you're the head of the house and if you're young and coming up just the daily decisions and life ahead can be a lot of pressure worldly things we exist in the world. We just have to find and define the, the line between in versus of. And that, that's hard. We all got to go to work. We all got to get up in the morning and go to work. It says be, We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We still got to go to work. We got to get up. We got to pay our bills. We got to do all the things to make it. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. And so we, we, we are in the world. We just don't have to be of the world. Does that make sense? And so... Uh, it's almost Christmas. You know what I'm saying? It's almost Christmas. It's June, and I felt like we just popped fireworks for New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? And so uh, <laughs> that is pressure. You know, you got kids, especially in this church, a lot of kids here. But uh, So we're already thinking about Christmas and uh, where we're going. In, we're going into an election year, kids, bills, jobs, employees, employers, health, etc. The The crazier they get the world the more stable we should become the crazier the world gets the more stable we should become salt of the earth this is what Jesus was talking about he says you're the salt of the earth as they get crazy you get salty amen we we need to become a beacon of light and of hope and the title of my message this morning is the pressure is on in John 16 and 33 and if you have your Bibles you can turn there uh, we'll have the notes on the board, but uh, just follow along, take notes, take it home, study it, live it, breathe it, apply it. If you don't apply it, it don't work. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the, I have overcome the world. Don't worry, fear not, take heart, be of good cheer. It says that 365 times in the Bible. So every day we should, in some form of translation, we should take heart, be of good cheer, or fear not. Don't worry, fear not. Fear not, don't worry. And I would say we need to practice this every day. It needs to be a very large portion of our life. And as I grow in, in family and businesses and even in the church, I'm always having to take a step back and recalculate. What works, what didn't work, we're in growing pains. I know at home right now we're, we're uh, expanding the business. That's what we, we're, either, we, we're either at a standstill where this is as big as we got or we're facing to expand. And we're going to expand in, the, in ways that I can't fathom. Like I need God, I need the infrastructure, I need to get with God, I need to find out. And I'm telling you, it is growing pains. It's hurting we're, we're working on uh, remodeling an office where, you know, and I've been officed out of my truck or wherever I can just throw papers. And so as I grow, I got to go, I got to get, I got to get file cabinets. I got to get, you know what I mean? I got to get my spreadsheets right in my computer, eh, Jessica? Right? Yeah. 
So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's growing pains. I'm growing. We're growing as a company. We're growing as a family. We're, we're, we got employers, employees, uh, new people we're working for. Uh, we're, we're hiring people. And I'm having to learn how to work people because ain't everybody the same. Some guys are good at this, and they're not very good at this. And, and it's our job as leaders to find out what that guy's good at because he's maybe not be a good cowboy, but, you know, he likes driving the tractor. So he doesn't tear up the, the, he doesn't tear up the tractor but the horse bucks him off, you know what I'm saying? And then the guy that can ride the horse usually tears up the tractor, so I'm learning <laughs> how to, where to put these people. But uh, right now we're in the middle of that, and I have to ask the Lord, where are we headed and what steps do I need to take? What do I need to learn and what do I need to leave? Ecclesiastes, it says it's a new season. It's in seasons in our lives we come and go, and I'm always talking about this. And, and sometimes I'll mention these scriptures because I, I know them. I can't preach what I don't know. And I'll stand up here Sunday after Sunday, and I've, I've lived by these passages. I apply them, and I'll talk about Ecclesiastes because there's going to be a new season in your life. And it says there's a time to build up and a time to tear down. I'm in the tearing down and the building up. And there's a time to mourn and there's a time to laugh. And, you know, and so you go through these things, and that's okay. If you're in a, a tearing down season, God's not mad at you. He's got some new things. He's going to tear down in your life, and He's going to build up some new things. You're going to be mourning today, but tomorrow you'll be happy. Amen? And so I remember the Lord dropping in this. Uh, and I say that to say is because God's not where He was last year. If you're, if you're in a place where you're just stagnant and you're not moving and, and God's trying to do some things in your life, and you're trying to live off last year's revelation or what God did last year in your life, he says, that, I was there. I did that thing in your life, but I'm not there anymore. I've moved on. And I remember a time in my life where I was, I was on the road of choosing, and I talked about I changed my mind. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And so God dropped this in my spirit. I was, you know, I was like, God, what are we going to do? And, and, and I'm kind of sitting in limbo just waiting. He's like, you're going to have to do something. Here's the deal. I'm going to pass by. The train is fisting to pass by, and if you're not on the tracks... If you're not getting on this train when it passes by, I'm not coming back. And so I was like, I don't want to be left. I want whatever you're doing, God, whatever you have planned for my life, come back by. I promise you I'll be the first one on the train. And so I did that. And I didn't know, I didn't know what God was going to do, but I knew he had something planned for my life. And so if you're sitting there, and, and, and don't let God pass you by again. Don't sit stagnant waiting on God. When he comes back by, you get on the train. And, and you don't have to have a five-year plan. You know what I mean? We, don't, we didn't have a five-year plan. We just had a, we're going to make it. I don't know what we're going to do, but today we're going to make it. And we're going to, let's say, Snoopy, uh, we're going to live today. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, but, but what does it need to go with me in the next chapter or the season of my life? You know, I, I love, and I always talked about training horses, and I felt like a year or two ago the Lord said, hey, it's time to put that down. It's time to move on. Uh, I, you know, you don't need to be taking outside horses because I'm taking you to a new place. And I'm like, well, I could just take one. You know, I think I can do this. I can't. I didn't. You know, I did a terrible job. And so, uh, but I, I like the last cold snap we had, and I love everything about training horses. I, I, I've learned a lot through. I learned a lot about my relationship with God. I've learned a lot about horses. I've learned a lot about people. I've learned a lot about myself. And so it was hard when God come to me and he says, hey, 
I'm taking you to a new place in life where that can't go. And, and, and I, and I, I kind of was at, like I wanted to argue with God, like I can, I can still do it. You know, I didn't want to let go of that. But uh, I, I just want to tell you, if God's trying to move you out of something, you need to let it go because you'll do more harm than good. You, I, I, and I did that with a few colts. I took a few colts and I did more harm than good thinking I was doing the right thing. And so if, you're, if God's telling you to let go of something and move on, He's got something for you. Don't think God's going to say, you're not going to train horses anymore or whatever it is He's calling you away from. Maybe it's just not for right now. Maybe, just, maybe it's just a season, but God's calling you out of something into something more, something new. And it's okay. Uh, David always talks about this. Is, it this. is this a faith test or an obedience test? Samuel tells Saul, it's better to obey than it is to sacrifice. Saul always wanted to sacrifice. He always wanted to do his way. And God says, hey, I, you're going to do this my way or I'm going to take the kingdom from you. And he did. He took it from him because he always wanted to do it his way. He always wanted to go after the big things. And he wanted to sacrifice for God. And God says, I don't need you to sacrifice. I just need you to do what I'm telling you to do. And you're going to be all right. No matter what Jesus faced with, he, was all, he always took time to get with the Father. In John chapter 10 and 25, it says, Jesus answered them and said, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. And I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And we just sang that song about uh, it's, it's, it, this verse. Like when we were singing the Worthy of My Song or that, that's the third song, it was like this verse right here. You give life no man can take. And if I'm in that life, no, I, you, you cannot be snatched out. We are God's, we are His people, and they ain't going to snatch us out of it. And I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch you out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And I want, you, and I want to talk to you about this because, it, you know, as Christians, we need to be one with the Father. And the only way to do that is spend time in His Word, spend time in prayer. I know we're all busy. There's a lot of things going on. It's summertime, but you've got to get time set aside to spend with God. Does that make sense? And, uh, I, you know, I always tell the dog story about my dogs. Uh, nobody liked I had two dogs, and I was the only one that liked them, but they were my dogs, you know what I mean? And they knew my voice. And I remember we was working cows one day, and this guy, he's mad because he's hollering at my dogs, and they won't get out. And he comes over to me, and he says, I told them dogs to get out. And I said, they're not your dogs. They don't know your voice. And so how, how do I know, how do my dogs know my voice? I, I, have a new, I have a guy that's been with me about a year at the ranch, and I'm trying to transition him into the dogs. You know what I'm saying? And so what I'm doing is I'm taking the dogs with him, but I'm letting him start making the calls. And he's going to spend time, and we're going to go on, and I'm going to teach him how to handle the dogs. And so I'm going to duplicate myself. I'm going to pour into this guy, and I'm going to teach him how to 
work the dogs. You know, just like Josh and Peyton and, and Pecos, he's going to duplicate him into, into his children how to flank bulls. He's going to flank, they're going to flank bulls like my daddy flanked bulls. You know what I'm saying? And so on and so forth with your children. And uh, it's because they spent time in First Thessalonians 5.17. It says, pray without ceasing. Jesus mirrored what he's seen his father doing. And it's so good this morning, David, he sent Jack and I a text message. We were, I was in there getting ready, and Jack, were up here, they were up here getting ready, and he sent us a, a text message that says, I just can't tell you how, how grateful it is to be able to leave and know that you guys can handle it. How, how honored I am and just really just building us up because we're fixing to stand up here and pour everything we got out. We're going to give a word. We're going to bring worship. But he says it, it, just, it really built my faith because in, in this next, I'm, I'm talking about this, but David's out speaking today, and I'm going to do everything in my power to teach and steer the ship just as David does until he returns. Okay? And I have to step up to the plate. The pressure is on, and I have a big spot to fill. Jack and I both. How do you know what to do? You say, how do you know? How can David leave and you guys know what to do? Because Jack and I have spent so much time with David outside of this place that we, we mirror what David does. We, David does this, and we watch, and we, we go with him. We've had some pretty good chewings. I'll say it that way. It hasn't always been. It's, I tell you what, it's been discipleship. It's been, you're going to come under me. You're going to learn discipleship. You're going to learn leadership. You're going to, I'm going to, Jesus told his own guys, get thee behind me, Satan. He rebuked his own guys. And, and I'm telling you, David has done that. David has rebuked us both. Hey, you're being a knucklehead. Get it right or I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. You know what I mean? And so, but we spent time with David. Now, not, not five minutes, five, 10, 15 years we've spent with David, crying, hurting, bleeding, laughing, sweating, you know what I'm saying, church, cow working, on the road, wherever, you, you name it, we got with this guy, and he poured into our life, and he says, now I'm going to go, I'm going to go do business, and, it, and it's the same thing in Matthew when Jesus is talking about, hey, do business with this until I come back, and Jesus says, be fruitful and multiply, now what did you do, and he goes, and he comes back and he says, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Same thing with Jack and Reno. You know, Jack and Reno, they've been on the stage together for I don't know how many years. Jack had to move to the drum cage. Reno had to step up. The pressure is on. And so how does he know? Same deal with Jack and Reno. Man, they spent hours, of t hours months, years, days, whatever you name it, they've been through some things together. This is how Jack would do it. Okay, I'm going to take what David would do, and I'm going to take what Jack would do, and I'm going to build on that. And so it's the same thing with Jesus in our life. Jesus with the Father, us with Jesus. This is what Jesus would do in this situation. And so we have to learn how to apply that. We have to spend time, and that is the only way that it will work. A relationship and time. And if you're new, if you're a new Christian, if you're trying to figure things out, it's going to take some time. You're going to be all right. You're going to fall. You're going to get back up. You're going to fall. You're going to get back up. But you keep going. In 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to start to mirror 
what Jesus looks like in your life, what your life is supposed to look like with Jesus. God's kingdom is about multiplication. Jesus was under pressure. In Matthew 26 and 36, and I always talk about this, Jesus is at Gethsemane, and He goes and He prays three times. He says, Not my will be done, but your will be done. Jesus knew He was going to the cross to be crucified. And He says, If there's any way that I can get through this and I don't have to be crucified, please let this happen. I, please. And He says, Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And if you keep reading in Matthew 26 and 52, it says, uh-oh, I just turned my, sorry. I'm new. <laughs> but but he's, uh, they, they go and they leave the garden and they get to, uh, they're, they're going to be betray Jesus. And he goes up and Jesus knew it was, he, he, when he leaves the garden, he says, come now, my betrayer is at hand. In other words, he had, God already told him, hey, you're fixing to go through something. You're fisting to go through something. And he says, he goes up and uh, they, they come and one of his guys takes his sword off and is going to cut the guy's ear off. And he says, hey, you can't do that. You don't know what I know. He says, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot, cannot pray now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than enough, more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that, this, that it must happen thus? In other words, you have to go through some things in your life to get to where you're headed. Okay, you, God's not mad at you if you're, in a, if you're in a season of tearing down, if you're in a season of hurt, of pain, of trying to figure things out. It's okay. God's not mad at you, but you're going to... You're, fit, you're going through that for a reason. It's, it, God wastes nothing. God wastes nothing in your life. Stop looking for God to come get you out of the pressure cooker and start asking God, what steps do I need to take to get through this season? He is preparing you for where you're headed. David, King David had to kill the lion and the bear because little did he know that one day he would be headed to kill Goliath. He probably didn't know that he was going to have to go fight a giant when he was out there tending the father's sheep, killing the bears and the lions and getting them out of the mouths and getting them back and tending them. And so there was, a lot of, there was a lot of stuff going on in his life, but God was preparing him for the, for the giant in his life. And then when he killed the giant, he was headed to the, king, he was headed to the palace. Amen. I always, uh, Cass is a big Sandlot fan, but uh, Benny had to pickle the beast in the Sandlot to get the ball back. And I know there's a lot of people my age in here that know that movie. Small says, Benny, you don't have to do this. And Benny says, yeah, I do. Heroes get remembered, but legend, legends never die. Babe Ruth in the Sandlot. <laughs> in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4 and verse 7, it said, and uh, Paul said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Moses was under pressure. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was under pressure. King David was under pressure. In Psalms 42 and verse 5, 
It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you dis- uh, disgusted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. In Isaiah 61, in verse 3, it says, To console those who mourn in Zion, give them beauty for ashes, oil f- the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I'm telling you, this... this, uh, this passage in this scripture, this scripture in the passage, however that goes, or my English majors in here, uh, there are times in my life where I just have to put on the spirit of praise for the, for the, uh, the I'm sorry, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that means, especially in what we do, we're always, I mean, everybody in here is, if you're in a, if you have a job, there's pressure and there's times that you know, I don't think that cowboying's any harder than welding or whatever you do in here. This you you apply this to your life, and and there are going to be times when your countenance is heavy. But it says put for the for the put on the spirit of praise. Get away, go find you a spot. Just go turn the radio up and just drive or do whatever you got to do. Take a minute to get the heaviness off of you. And I, I there's times in our lives we have to do that. Hey, I need a minute. I need a minute. It's heavy. I got to get away from here. I'm about to make some bad decisions. And this is what I need to do for a minute. And that's okay. We are all human. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. In James chapter 1 and Verse 2, it says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things uh, which strengthens me. Through Christ, which strengthens me. I want to ask you this morning, where are you getting your strength from? Where are you feeding your spirit man? Because he is eating something. Good or bad, your, your spirit man is eating something this morning. You need to make sure it's a healthy diet. Are you spending time asking God, what does He want? And I'll be honest, I don't spend near the time that I should. My biggest downfall, and I say this all the time, is I'm a yes man. You call me, I say yes man. And it is, I get just kind of like God telling me, quit riding the horses. I'm like, I think I can do it. And then somebody will call, I think I can do it. And then it just puts stress on everybody. Because I'm like, oh, we're going to get it done at all costs. Whatever it costs, we're going to get done. I said I was going to do it, so we're going to do it. And really, I should have just said, no, don't do it. It's okay. I need to see what God wants me to do. And there are times like I don't feel like it. If you would stand, we're going to get ready to close. The other day I wanted to, I was uh, doing a job and, and we're in the middle of everything. We're remodeling and well, this goes back to I'm a yes man and we're in the middle of trying to get this office going and we got, we're, you know, it's hay season. We're working cattle. We got cattle leaving out. We got cattle coming in. All the things of life are building up. And on top of that, I am going to help my uncle build a carport. Because I'm like, yeah, we can do it. Because I used to do it, you know. So uh, he calls, and we're going to trade out. I, I used to build uh, pole barns, you know. And I was like, yeah, I can still do that. 
He's like, well, I want to do it now. I'm like, well, about July next year we get to it, you know. But I said yes, and now I'm like, oh, God, I shouldn't have said yes. But I got home the other night, and I was like, Taylor, I, I, I can't do it. You know, I, I wanted to throw in the towel, and, and uh, my attitude was terrible. I mean, I was, uh, on, I was on a piece of equipment, and thank God the, the motor on the equipment was uh, louder than my voice because me and my uncle were arguing back and forth through the equipment, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even need to be here right now, you know? And so I'm trying, and I, 